0: Welcome to the Data Driven CX podcast by Informatica. In this podcast, the fundamentals, real life practices, and impact of data driven CX are explored in conversations with industry thought leaders and successful business leaders. In this episode, we explore the who, how, and what when it comes to data driven CX. I'm your host, Nienke Bloom, CCXP, and my guest today is Trevor Hodges. He has over 20 years of experience in business intelligence and Data Analytics, and is Associate Director in Formerica Professional Services. He is a return guest because his episode, CX Data Strategy, was a gem. And of course, we wanted him again as a guest. So happy to have you on the show. Welcome, Trevor.
1: Uh, thanks for having me again. It's great, uh, great to have the conversation. Again.
0: Yeah, it, we've had great reactions on the former episode, and um, that's also why, well, up till now, you're our only returning guest. And um, let's dive a little bit deeper because what we are being asked a lot is, the practical part: the who, how, and what when it comes to data-driven CX. We thought we'd give it a summary like that. And well, before I before I start, could you introduce yourself and, and, and your role within Informatica a little bit more?
1: Sure. So so um, so I'm associate director of Inf- Informatica Professional Services uh, for for EMEA. So I actually look after a team of advisory consultants and solution architects, uh, and my role is very much around ensuring our customers can maximise their investment in our technology. So it's very much around driving the adoption of our technologies, not just through the initial project, but, uh, but ensuring we deliver ongoing value throughout uh, the lifetime of a subscription with our with our uh, organisation. So uh, that, that's, that's what I do. So I have a team of very skilled business consultants and uh, architects who do that and uh, do a great job for me. Yeah. And for our customers, of course. Well, well.
0: let's just dive right in. When I'm talking about customer experience management, and especially in how to scale things, I often talk about strategical, tactical, and operational lenses. And what I also see in data-driven CX, I see the same. Could you elaborate on these three lenses and how you see that?
1: It's an area where a lot, lot of people do get confused, particularly around uh, the operational side and, 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 the, and the tactical side. Uh, and you know, I mean, I'll talk a little bit more around our data, uh, data strategy framework that reflects on this uh, as we go through the podcast. But uh, I like to think of this, the strategy part as, as the destination and, uh, and at the, how you're going to get there as the tactical part. So the specific actions you're going to take along the way. So that's really the, the what, in, in my view with the operational side being the plan uh, and execution of the tactics to achieve that strategy. So in my mind, that's the how. So that's kind of a broad, you know, that's a broad view. But so in the context of of data-driven CX... Uh, you know, organizations, you're going to be working on organizations which has, has goals and objectives, and the strategy, your strategies need to align to those goals and objectives, and those, those objectives will be smart. So, so, what are the strategies you're going to put in place? How are you going to get to the destination that's going to deliver on, on those objectives? And those objectives, uh, those strategies could be around, um, you know, the, the objectives could be around reducing churn or acquiring new customers, whereas your strategies will be, well, how am I going to achieve that? And that's going to be through improving customer experience through personalization. Of interactions and that may be on web content or through seamless, uh, omnichannel, omnichannel experiences. Um, but um, to, to actually do that, to actually deliver that great customer experience, you're going to need to take a series of steps. And it's those steps in the concepts of data-driven uh, CX are the, are the tactics. So And they translate really into a series of initiatives. And that's where Informatica and our technology is coming. So that they assist you in creating that contextual 360 view of customer data or that would then feed through into your apps, your analytics and the processes by providing them with trusted data. And of course, that that all then creates a great foundation for applying AI and ML in driving actionable guidance for your customer experiences. So that's what drives the data capabilities. So, you know, how do you deliver a 360 view where you're going to need some form of mass data management? Uh, some 360 capabilities some forward data quality capabilities you're going to need some data governance around that so that so by taking down down into those initiatives you can identify what the key components uh, of that da- you know that you're going to need to deliver on that and that's going to include things like people and process as well as the data but uh, obviously i'm going to look look at this very specifically from the point of view from health uh, informatica now that's all great but you, you know the, the operational side is then going to be how you actually achieve that strategy. So that's very much around putting the plans and the resources and the people in place uh, to deliver those, those initiatives. And, uh, and that's really where our, our data strategy framework comes in. And I think we talked touched on that in the last conversation and uh, it's been a subject of a number of uh, papers and, and webinars and you can access it on the Informatica website. But really, if you look at that, that goes through a, level, a number of layers, uh, but really just really reflecting what I've just discussed there, moving from the strategic uh, using that to translate that into the tactics and initi- initiatives that are going to use your tactics um, to then deliver those data capabilities you know, through a series of initiatives. To, um, and it's the program management and the change management piece that's going to execute that uh, and get you there.
0: Yeah, because what I often see is um, it's also interesting where to start, but we get into that a little bit later. And also, I think really for our listeners know that in the show notes, we link to the former episode that Trevor and I taped that is really all about data strategy So, um, and, and and explaining the model. Um, and I think it's very interesting because if you look at these three lenses, the strategical, the tactical, and operational, you touch everything. And I think it gives another dimension to the work because this is what people recognize. Like, oh, yeah, what do the people need to work on that, and mm. the, the 360, and, yeah, what does it mean for, for example, people in the contact center when they see that the information in, on the customer or the data is, is outdated. What should they do? And that's, of course, that should be described on a tactical layer. So I think that's a very practical way of looking at it. And, and now, now looking at the people in the field, when you look at the or- people within organizations, you just explained that uh, you lead this team, so you see many organizations and your people see many organizations. What are the people within organizations that come into the playing field when it comes to data-driven CX?
1: So, so the, I think the key roles that we often come across are going to be your chief marketing officers and your chief customer officers. And they're, they're typically the executive sponsors. They're the proxy from the chief executive officer. But um, they form a very key partnership with uh, the chief information officer um, and typically these where we are today with chief data officers uh, in, in organizations. So, those are the kind of the key roles um, we come into contact with when. We're delivering our solutions for for clients now. Clearly, they're a, a very strategic level, and um, we'll talk shortly around how we interact with different stakeholders and stakeholder groups uh, throughout the life cycle of a, of a project. But those typically are the are the are the executive sponsors and the key technology side of engagements.
0: Okay, so these are. On that level of strategy, you see those kinds of roles. Are there other roles in the playing field with data-driven CX? Or
1: yeah, I mean, with the at the strategic level as well. I mean, it could be peppered, depending where you're going with it. Could be you uh, could be the head of sales as well. You might be you to or the chief financial officer, depending on what the you know what the drivers are in a, in a particular CX strategy. But as you kind of move through those uh, the, the lenses, so you know you're moving from the strategic, then you're starting to have a, an additional layer of or stakeholders that you need to interact with and those are typically your enterprise and solution architects still your your chief data officers um but but also then your business architects and your domain experts you know your marketing experts uh people who are at the coal face but also you know, it could be your um contact center um uh, experts as well so any, and, and your web content people. So those are the people you're going to start to interact, interact at the tactical level to have those conversations around what does the solution look like for those people? What do we need to put in place to take away the pain and deliver the value they need and align it, as we talked earlier, with the with the goals and objectives of the organisation? And then when we get into the operational level, um, you know, that's where we're typically interacting with stakeholder groups. So the, the data management office that will be led by the chief data officer, uh, there could be data science centers of excellence. There's going to be the program office or the portfolio office that's going to drive uh, the projects themselves. And of course, ultimately, it's going to be the the CX uh, stakeholders um, and the end users. So it's the people at the coalface who are going to be using the technology because those are the people who are going to have to uh, be trained up. Now, the way I kind of like to think about those layers is it's not, it's not treating them differently because if you're going to be successful in any technology project, you've got to build. What, we are, what I would call a, a coalition for change that's driven from the top. So imagine kind of building a, a, that coalition through those layers, through all those different groups, but led from the top by that um, by that executive sponsor. Because if you don't have that leader at the top, everything kind of you, you're not going to have that um, buy-in from the the groups lower l- on through the, the levels, and particularly you know, they don't they won't really understand why they need to change. You know, we, what we're doing here is making the case for change and how. And we're going to turn the dial on what they're doing and how it's going to improve their you know their, their day-to-day work but also deliver on the objectives and goals of the organization itself so yeah and, and key in the middle is actually not just the executive stakeholders but the the managers in the middle um who are going to be translating and, do, and working with their direct reports we're going to be communicating all this stuff uh, to their people in their teams so it's vitally important and say so when we look at our framework you know in the bot- bottom layer it's not it's not the bottom in terms of priority, but we call out change management because it's really, really important. You know, technology without change, you know, is a wasted effort. This has got to be at the center of everything you do, whether it be CX or any other uh, technology project. So we put it front and center and we we do call it out in, in everything we do with our, with our clients.
0: Yeah, I, I really like that. And also for our listeners know that the link to the data strategy framework is in the show notes. And looking at these several layers, I have it in front of me. I really like that it's like, when you look at the strategy part, it says it's supported by capabilities, then delivered by program management, and then enabled by. And I think that part of change management. When you look at those roles, what do you do? You see that people have like official roles, or is it more like champions or ambassadors? What kind of roles do you see in that in that change management data part?
1: Yeah, So there are. I think. You've got a mix of everything there. Uh, I mean, you, you need your champions to uh, you know to actually drive through the success of the of the initiative. Because when you're going for that first initiative in CX, you've got to have somebody who's really bought into it, and you want to you know you're going to deliver on deliver value to them very very quickly, and they're going to go and tell everyone you know all around the organization you need to go and work with these guys because they've made such a, hell of a difference what I what I do. So champions are very key but it, you know it's it's this isn't about putting in new structures it's about using existing structures effectively to communicate the change which is why those the managers within existing organizations have a key role to play as do their direct reports to communicate everything that you're doing around uh, this activity and, you know there's weight the there is partic- specific ways of doing this in an effective way but ultimately um you still need that top executive sponsor who's not just a figurehead but he's actually going to be actively engaged and be visible. That's the important thing, be visible throughout the initiative and not just kind of turn up at the beginning and at the end, but kind of, you know, walking the floors and you know, as we would have done before COVID days, but you know, kind of walking the floors and having those water cooler moments to talk with the people and and, and chat through why you know why we are making these changes, what the benefits are. So that coalition is really important, but we're not saying create a brand new set of roles, you use what you have in place and drive communication uh, through the right channels.
0: I think this is such an important one and not only when you look at data-driven CX but like custom experience mm-hmm. management the same like, like that leaders I always say walk the talk uh, but that means they have mm-hmm. to do the walk yep. before they can do the talk and I think especially in this COVID era and I know that many people that are listening are still working from home or partly working from home. What suggestions do you have in this we don't see each other at the water cooler but what are your suggestions for leaders? How well to show their uh, their engagement in this in, in data driven CX?
1: Long gone are the days of where everyone got together in in town halls, but uh, clearly there's the uh, the opportunity for all hands calls, uh, you know, directed across your stakeholder group to explain what you're doing and identify the key uh, the key individuals within the uh, initiative who are going to be driving it forward but again it's um you know that that's just you know the the kind of from the pulpit uh piece but it needs to be actioned at the local level um you know that that's where it all where what happens and where the rubber hits the road so and again that's why the you know the managers and direct reports uh are, are really important in this because they've got to be given the support and the capability to drive this through and this and importantly the space and that's often where we hit difficulties because it was tr- still trying to do their day job, but are now being asked to do other things. Um, and so it's, it's how do you create the space through that? And that's why the executive sponsors and the more senior management can actually provide that. Because if you're, if you're really serious about making change, you've got to create that space for your for your people to make the change and, and make it happen. So, you know, I, of course we can have internet sites and we can have, you know, uh, newsletters sent out and all that kind of good stuff. But in, But, you know, you can't beat actually doing a face-to-face Zoom call, Skype call, whatever, technology Teams call, whatever you're using, and actually picking up the phone and actually phoning people now and again. It's a long-lost art. I'm always surprising people because you phone them on their mobile and they're never expecting it anymore. You know because it's very easy to turn off your um, your phone on on Teams. But you know, use all methods possible. Have that conversation. Regular meetings with your team. You know, ex- explaining what you're doing, where, how you're progressing. And the important thing there is actually explaining what you know, explaining to people what's in it for them. And that's the important thing to get across because if they don't understand that, you're never going to turn the dial and, and change the culture in an organization. Um, so that's that's a key part. Yeah,
0: what, what I also find interesting, what what I hear you say, is um of course it's about the communication, the why, the fish and why it's important, what's mm-hmm. in what what's in it for them in their roles. What I also see, and mm-hmm. especially when you look at like tactical roles in TX, this is our role, this is what we do. When you look much more operational roles, people in contact centers or in retail, I think you should also put it in the workforce management, so people have time to work on it, because otherwise it's yes, always yep. on top, and that's this extra work is difficult.
1: It is, and I've, I've experienced this myself um, working in, uh, in in the marketing arena um, some, some years ago. Now was putting incentivization in place, so and that, this was about actually capturing key information around customers so you're actually incentivizing call center staff um to capture it and um, putting it in their in their aims of you know their, their goals for the year but also for actually compensating them for actually doing it so you've got a bit of carrot bit of stick and they actually you know once you actually see the benefits actually why why this is happening um then it makes it easier to make the change itself so uh, create the space incentivization as well as is, is really key to all this as well as you know like painting that very clear picture of, of the case to change and why we make those changes
0: yeah I, I think it's it's very very interesting in these roles and let's let's go to another topic and when looking at maturity mm-hmm. because some organizations I just had a conversation um, last Monday with an organization that's really just starting on data-driven CX and they're mm-hmm. looking at an exploring strategy they're they were exploring what kind of metrics do we want what are the needs from the organizations what is uh, what do we already have? But there's also of course much more mature organizations that even have like a, a, a chief data strategist and all these kinds of roles. When you look at both maturity levels like just starting and much more mature what what kind of data needs do these organizations have? Should we just just start with the just starting
1: Yeah. It's an interesting question because a an organization could be relatively mature around the management of its data but could be relatively have relative low maturity in the CX space. And it was interesting, I was reading recently in the 2020 digital banking report that the respondents to the survey there, only 12% said they had all the the data they needed uh, to support um, the analytic applications they were going to use to improve customer experience. So that's quite old when you kind of think around banking, that they should be far more advanced and more mature in their data management practices. So I, I would, in some ways, um, you can be a quite quite an advanced organisation, but still have relatively no, no maturity in the space. Now this comes back to the, you know, when you're assessing maturity, it's understanding what levels of maturity you need in what data capability to get you get you to a, where the, where you need to be. So they could be relatively high capability in a number of data capabilities, but when it comes to those that are relevant to CX, they have low capability, and that's what I think the survey the survey found there. Okay. Um, so, and I think that's often because a lot of organisations uh, on their journey have come from um, what's described as an offensive approach to data management. So, this that's very much around uh, being defensive around minimising risks. That's about compliance and security and applying the regulations and data privacy and all that, all that kind of good stuff, rather than. What's described as the offensive approach where, we, where you're starting to get into the advanced analytics and predictive analytics and all that kind of good stuff the more agile stuff look forward looking stuff and that's where cx really sits because you need all that great capability to drive those great great moments um with you with your customers so that in terms of when answering your question i think there's there, everyone no matter where you are on on the enterprise data maturity you can be in different places around all that. And I think that survey demonstrated that.
0: I love the perspective of the defensive versus the offensive, because this is also in the several roles, often more in the, well, cybersecurity, in the GDPR and all. It's it's much more defensive. And when I look in much more, indeed, in the CX space, we're looking at offensive. How can we help build and drive growth? How can we uh, look forward instead of just looking backwards? Yep. So I, I like that perspective. Thank you. That's a new one for me.
1: Glad to help there. <laughs> um, I mean, but to go back to go back to your question about you know where you would start generally. You know, the key things here, the key capability, data capabilities around customer experience is getting that is getting that good profile around your customers, getting that trusted data source. And that ultimately all comes back to data quality, uh, master data management, and C three hundred and sixty capability, as I touched on earlier, and then the governance capability um, around that. Now, you know, if we're in conversations with clients, as I work on the professional services side of the company, you know, we're the people who actually go and do the installations and get the ball rolling with the clients. So we're, you know, not involved in the sense of selling the, the, the software, but we are involved in some of those pre sales activities because clearly, you know, clients say to us, "Where do I start?" what's the first thing first thing I go after so we have a lot of those conversations and it's all about getting getting going quickly so uh coming back to maturity we never, we would never say you need to be of a kind of a high you know high maturity in a certain space to begin with it's all about building incrementally towards a target around uh, cX so putting putting in place something that's going to deliver uh what you need in the first three to six months to get you that win. That you can get your champion, as we discussed earlier, in terms of the who yep. uh, to go and tell everyone about it. And what a great job you did! So, um, but it, importantly, that all needs to be wrapped around a vision ultimately, and that's where the, the again where our framework comes in terms of you know, understanding where you may want to be in three to five years' time, and that's that's where you, you know that's your journey. But of course, you know the tactical side you're going to and your operational side can change depending on what you see in front of you um, and how things change, you know, internally, but also in your external environments uh, when you're working. Yeah, maturity, you know, we would always look to build some form of governance, but not putting necessarily putting in for place a, a large data governance organisation, but one of the key things you need to be able to control and manage around your data, uh, provide you with the technology around that, and then, you know, look to build that, uh, your capability and data governance, a you know, number of initiatives, uh, clearly, putting something in around data quality, massive data management is supercharged data quality. Um, in effect, then how you then move forward from there to connect all your data and build, you know, build all the context around what you have as as, as a customer, and then you can u- obviously use that to drive it out. But picking things off that are e- easy to get to and building maturity slowly over, over time.
0: Yeah, and that's a real practical one that I heard two weeks ago that my customer said. I I I don't dare to say it, but we don't have a 360 view of our customer, mm-hmm.
1: then what? Yeah, that's not unusual. Um, but it doesn't stop you demonstrating something very, very, very quickly. Uh, something I did for a, a creative services organization that I worked for a number of years ago was to, to demonstrate the benefit of insights and driving better customer experience and how we, you know, how we, how we move through in the marketing uh, arena there, was actually to do a value-based segmentation very quickly. Now, that organisation sold, sold lots of products and, had, and worked in lots of silos, uh, you know, from credit cards and uh, legal insurance, as well as roadside insurance and loans and, and, and so on. But so we were able to bring that data very quickly in a, together in a proof of concept wrapped around, a, you know, a, quite a basic uh, customer profile. Um so we now had lots of context about all the products and an individual held and what the value of, of what they actually bought from the organization by doing that very short p o c in you know in several months we actually uh highlighted uh, an, an unknown to the organization now that um they all the organization already knew that the biggest risk were kind of um individuals who didn't take uh, roadside insurance ads. you know these are the organizations who come and collect your car when you break yeah. down so obviously' though depending where you are you know if you, if you haven't got a lot of money you're not necessarily going to go and buy roadside insurance but what we also uncovered was if you've got a lot of money you don't buy in advance your insurance for roadside uh, breakdown and so they didn't the organization didn't run us that so what it what it made them do is we're not going to market to these certain segments because we don't want them to buy our insurance because we actually make more money because it's a premium mm. to take out insurance at the roadside. So you can, you know, that was used to, that intelligence was used to redirect what the organisation was doing. And so it, off the back of that, we, we then provided the, proved the uh, the approach and then moved forward to proper mass data management and building that 360 view from there. So, Starting. No excuses, yeah, so say, Trevor. I'm <laughs> hearing no
0: excuses. There's always a road to Rome, but sometimes you have to take a different road.
1: You have to take a different road, and again, you build. You know, you're building your champions, your you know, and your stakeholder group, and you're going on the journey with them because you demonstrated. Uh, value because now they could actually segment and market yeah. different products based on what they knew and, and what that uh, and ought to be as a stepping stone to lifetime value but but just knowing how long somebody's been with an organization and how much they've spent you know provides a lot of insight.
0: Yeah and is this one of the paradigms like I don't have this. What what is another paradigm you see when it comes to CX and data driven CX and maybe you have a practical tip to overcome it?
1: Yeah, I mean a lot, a lot of things we talked about, I, mean, I was talking about something we were doing 15, 20 years ago. There's a lot of that, you know, it's a well-trodden path in terms of personalization. But what we're starting to see now is the is a greater use of machine learning and AI. Uh, and that's where the, this shift has really has really happened. And we talked a little bit about the defensive and offensive approaches um, to, to CX and data management in general. We're also seeing a shift in how organizations appoint chief data officers. So the, the chief data officers have a very, very short lifespan at organizations, typically 18 months, you really? say. So. so they there's there's still a there's sort of um, a big struggle going on um with where you know where these where these people sit and how they how they demonstrate value very quickly. But what some organizations are now doing is is moving to the off- the offensive side. And I kind of look at well, rather than chief data officers, we're gonna have chief analytics officers. Sometimes we have two. So people who are well-versed in data science you are going to be able to b- build these great uh, predictive models and drive us to the more prescriptive approach uh, that we're trying to get to with, with AI. And that's really the, the shift that, that I've been seeing is actually that, that moving structured away from defensive offensive and from CDOs to CAOs to drive those interactions that we want to have with those customers. Wow. Clearly, um, Ethics is really important as part of this. So again, you know, it's, this isn't just exploiting everything you've got to do. So you've got to you got to wrap everything around around this with data governance and the ethics that you apply to the data you, you, you use. Um, but that's the yeah, that's one of the key things that we're starting to see in organisations.
0: Yeah, well, and thank you so much. I think it's a it's an interesting all these, these shifts that we see happening and that you see happening because mm-hmm. you're you're there where where it's happening. And we're going towards the end of the interview. And in these uh, episodes, we're we're asking all our guests three well, professional few questions. And, and the first one is where to start? We already touched upon a little bit, but where to start when it comes to data-driven CX?
1: Yeah. So, so you know, pick your first project wisely. There's, I, think there's, um, I, I think the next question you're going to ask me is what not yeah, to do. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that may be the easiest easiest place to start, which is, you know, don't start on your big multi-year project. You, um, as we touched on earlier, choose something that's going to deliver value Uh, early for the organisation and it unsurprisingly in the services we provide for organisations we have we have services that are called first value so how do you get to first value in three months and then building on that and building a momentum for change within an organisation so it's understanding from your initiatives that you're going to be scoping out as part of the strategic review is what's what is feasible and uh, Achieve all in the time that you've actually got, uh, and also what's the kind of in, you know the alignment with the strategy. And by using that kind of structure, you can then get to understanding what you should do first. So that's what typically we would work with organisations on uh, in doing it, is, is kind of really drive out what that first value uh, use case or initiative would be, and it, it could be just putting in the basic foundations around a unified view view of the customer, and then adding on something else so we talked about segmentation earlier there's a number of organizations who struggle just to do basic data integration and segmentations um you know even that is just what to many professionals in the cx space may seem uh, relatively simple is often quite a big win for a lot of organizations who've got a lot of silos and you know and a lot of challenges around data quality but of course, that all needs to be wrapped around a vision, as I touched on earlier. So, where you, where you're trying to get to, and how you're going to support it, and how are those aligned with the business goals? Is, you know that's, that's 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 really key as well. You can't just go off and do something because you fancy doing it, and that's what we often call you know the science projects uh, or the field of dreams approach that I've talked about before. You know, we b- build it and they shall come. No. Well, no, they don't.
0: No, no <laughs> especially when not to start. But I like that's also the absolutely mm. not to do, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, in to, in to, yeah, absolutely, not to do that. Don't do big, yeah, Don't do the big projects. Don't build it, and they shall come. Now, now, I've just t- obviously talked about earlier about doing something locally, shall we say, and tactically to demonstrate the value. So, uh, I'm going to contradict myself slightly. Oh, we uh, love yeah, that. But that we love actually, that
0: was <laughs>
1: actually come on. Uh, uh, but uh, but that was actually about demonstrating the value to a lot of stakeholders because you know important thing here is they they will understand goals and objectives for the organization and how they, how it delivers on that but they you don't go talking to them you don't talk data to them you don't talk technology to them um you know what there is you know what you need to be able to do is talk about what the benefits are, are to the organization as as a whole how it's going to help them deliver on their objectives it's just that these are enablers so you might have to do something to prove a point and gain the investment um, the other thing that often happens is you do the prioritization process, but people treat the CX projects or data, data-driven data CX projects as kind of a series of individual projects rather than an overall program or uh, a capability within the organization. And what that ends up is, uh, is a series of funding rounds to fund the next project, then the next project. So it all becomes very drawn out. But you know, if this is really important to the the lifeblood of an organisation, you should fund it as you would do the finance department, or you know, the uh, the estates department, or any other, you know, the, the contact centre department. You, you, this is really, really important. But all too often, it's seen as a kind of a you know, well, we're just seen as a project. Yeah,
0: small little project. Let's see how it goes.
1: Yeah, rather than rather being a key key component of the operating model of an organisation. Uh, and so the funding uh, is really, really, really key and it need to drive that out. And you know, every, if you've got to keep going back every year for more funding, that's just going to become tiresome and, and uh, the benefits just kind of wane over time. Yeah,
0: it's also interesting when I ask you what not to do, we, we always want to
1: mm-hmm.
0: end on a positive, like you already said, fund it like, like it's a department, like it's a finance. But what other, one tip to wrap this conversation off, what should our listeners absolutely
1: do? I mean, clearly important thing is to have a, have a framework to help guide you on what you're trying to achieve here. So that ensures you've got coverage and you don't miss out all the important points of it. And, uh, I would say that, you know, there are other frameworks out there apart from, no, what apart this from is an Informatica podcast. <laughs> uh, so you could, but there, yeah, you, 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 you use the framework. Yes. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, at the top of that framework is that executive sponsorship. Yeah. And it's that, that is the key. Key to, uh, key to this, and not only just having that executive sponsor is it's not just a figurehead, but an individual who's going to, as you said, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk, and be with you know, be behind you on that journey because they're going to ensure that you get the buy-in of all the other stakeholders. People see it, it's, you know, that the the organisation is invested in this. It's not just a kind of a, a throw it over the wall do it project. It's going to secure the funding. You can ensure that what you do is laser focused, focused as well. So. Yeah. In my mind, without that, uh, all too often, you know, projects start to kind of fail o- over time because it just loses impetus that uh, that he needs to keep going.
0: Find this executive that is your sponsor, and not just by means, but really in actions. Thank you so much. Is, well, again, great conversations, Trevor. And uh, well, let's no go for the third. Let's go for a hat trick.
1: I look forward to. it. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Data-Driven CX podcast. I loved this conversation and the sharing, for example, the offensive and defensive way of looking at Data-Driven CX. I'm going to be honest, that was new for me. And for everybody listening, take the funding of your data approach very seriously. Not just looking at it like a project or a series of projects, but like when you're funding a finance department. What a great insight. All these both practical and important from the strategic tactical and operational lenses i'm very grateful for the wonderful conversations with trevor Hodges, and please be welcome to connect to him on linkedin know that all the resources can be found on www.informatica.com slash x and check out our show notes for more resources and be welcome to listen to our next episodes